Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, welcome today to our online experience for Shell Harbour Community Church. Great to be with you. My name is Ross Abraham. And a big shout out to my good friends, pastors, Shane and Rachel Cook. Love you guys. Love what you're doing there. Love your influence in the community, Shell Harbour and beyond into Vanuatu. Really appreciate all that you guys do. You are in a series called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And I want to share into that and speak into that space. You know, they say that by the end of this year, 2020, that mental illness will be the second leading cause of disease worldwide. There is no doubt that we live at a time when we are more stressed out. We are more overwhelmed than ever before. We've got more devices that are meant to help us, but actually in a lot of ways ensnare us. And it's easy for us to feel like, like, like a sense of despair about life. And right now in this nation, you know, probably now more than ever before, there are so many people living with uncertainty and so many people living with a fear about our future. And so I want to today is just rediscover a little bit of an old school principle that hopefully you can apply and be encouraged in today. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul speaking, he said this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, your spirit that Paul talks about is the eternal part of you. It's the part of you who becomes born again. There's a great story in the book of John, chapter 3, where Jesus is engaging with a guy by the name of Nicodemus. And he's telling Nicodemus that basically he says that unless a person is born in his spirit, born again, the term is actually used, in his spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He can't connect with God. And so your spirit is the real you. It's the part on the inside of you who God connects with. You and I, human beings, are the only beings on the earth today who are created to live in two realms. We have our natural realm that we're in right now, your surroundings, your house, your home, your car, wherever you're listening and watching from today. But there's also the supernatural realm. And that's where your spiritual person, your inner person lives. You have a Paul says your three parts. You have a body, which is the physical you. It's what we get to see and feel. You have a soul, which is your mind and your will and your emotions. But then there's this third part, which is your spirit. So what Paul is saying is, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to changing our thoughts and changing our life, a lot of times we're trying to change our thoughts simply from our soul. We're trying to be positive. Nothing wrong with that. We're trying to retrain our thinking. Nothing wrong with that. We're trying to confess our way into a better life. Nothing wrong with that. But if we understand a principle today that the way the kingdom of God works We don't change from the outside in, we change from the inside out. 
And your inside, the real you, is your spirit person. It's your spirit being. And I want to encourage you today in the building of the real you, the building of your inner person. Doctrine doesn't change us, but realised truth does. And a lot of times we just think, if I just listen to more podcasts, I'm going to think differently, and sometimes we do. But just the doctrine side of it, we've got to have revelation, realised truth. And that's something that takes root in your inner person. Paul said it like this in Ephesians 4, verses 14 to 17. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according, I want you to hear this, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power, a strengthening with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So what Paul is saying is that God wants to fuse with your inner person, your inner being, your spiritual dimension with His strength. He wants to, excuse me, infuse a power. He wants to deposit power. He wants to flow through you and I. He wants to be on display through us, not just in our external world, but it comes from the inside out, from our spiritual being on the inside. And so my challenge today is how much time are we investing in our spiritual person? Because if you want to change your world, trust me in this, grow your inner capacity, grow your inner person, and your outer world will change. Paul also said in the book of Timothy, chapter 1, verse, uh, 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 sorry, 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, Don't waste time arguing over foolish ideas and silly myths and legends. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. Bodily exercise is all right. Okay, so this isn't Paul saying, look, don't don't exercise. You know, she'll be right. Just eat Doritos and drink Diet Coke on the lounge. He's not saying that. He said bodily exercise is all right, but spiritual exercise is much more important and is a tonic for all you do. So exercise yourself spiritually and practice being a better Christian because that will help you not only in this life, but in the next life too. You know, every year, Australians spend $1 billion on cosmetic treatments. And again, nothing wrong with that. If, if a nip and tuck and if a press and prod helps you and makes you feel better, then go for it. But $1 billion we spend on that. At a per capita rate, that's 40% more than Americans do. We spend $250 a month on health and exercise, or about $4.5 billion last year. That is what we invest in looking better on the outside. Now, if you go to a gymnasium, and currently you can't do that, but as soon as the restrictions are lifted, and by the time you hear this, maybe they have been lifted, The only difference between you and the person you see working out beside you, and you know, they they are just got muscle upon muscle. They go straight from a chin to shoulders. There's no neck, and that's just the ladies. Man, they are so strong, and they've worked out. The only difference between you and those people are the muscles that they work out. Both of us have about 650 muscles in our body. I've got an eight-kilo dumbbell beside me here, 
And um, you can tell by my arms, I don't do a lot of working out on my arms. And actual fact, I ride a bike and so we're more obsessed about losing weight than putting on weight. And, and if I take this dumbbell, you will see my little bicep pop. My cycling friends call me brown snake because brown snakes have no shoulders. And uh, that's what I feel like with this thing. But you can be trying to exercise and lifting your eight kilo weight. And that's going to be a wonderful thing for your bicep. But what's different between you and the person beside you who's got extremely large biceps or big legs or big shoulders and a popping back is simply the intentionality that they have spent growing that muscle. So here's my question for Shell Harbour today. How much time, how much money do you invest into growing the real you, the inner you? The person on the inside that God first touches as Jesus spoke to Nicodemus that becomes born again. It's the place where your dreams reside. It's the place where faith resides. It's the place where, where enthusiasm flows from. It's a place where life flows from. It's a place that when your thinking is normally a little bit faulty somewhere, it normally you can trace it back. And somewhere in our inner man, maybe we're a little bit malnourished. I want to share with you today, I want to give you seven indicators of a malnourished inner person. And hopefully today, by the time we close, this will maybe give you a bit of a filter about a couple of areas in your life. Because as your series and as Pastor Shane and others have been speaking about this subject, if you want to change your outer world, something's got to change on our inner world. And I want to, you know, it's an ancient art. This is something that your pastor and myself grew up, grew, uh, grew up hearing about. Uh, uh, this whole principle of building the inner man. But we live at a time where there is more people affected with mental illness right now, being overwhelmed with anxiety and depression than ever before. We are the most medicated generation in, in history. Something is wrong. We've missed something. And I don't want to just see today for you to feel like, well, I just want to address the outside while I avoid the inside, which is the part where Ephesians 4, Paul tells us God wants to flow with His power by His Spirit in your inner person. So let me give you seven indicators of a malnourished inner man. Number one is this, easily overwhelmed. You know, as a young guy in leadership, when I first started out, um, I had a reputation as a sire. And apparently wherever I went and sat down, I would let out this, Ugh. and I was not aware of it. And it wasn't until one day I sat down in the presence of another colleague and I let out a sigh and he highlighted my sigh. And I kind of argued back, I'm not a sire, you are a sire. My wife chimed in, you did sigh. I realised that I had this subconscious sigh that I would let out. Now, there's no doubt sometimes a sigh is a really good feeling. Like There's nothing better than a good, ah, good release. But unfortunately for me, this was not a release. This was like a habit pattern that was a, a representing a sense of feeling overwhelmed in my life. Whenever I sat down, I would just let this thing go. And it was contagious. I found other people around me kind of felt a little bit overwhelmed because Ross was overwhelmed. Psalm chapter 61 Verse 2 says this, From the end of the earth I cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, 
lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's often a sign that your inner world has shrunk. And I love the psalmist when he writes here, when my heart is overwhelmed, what do I do? I don't self-medicate. I don't blame other people. I want to be led to the rock that can get my head back above water. And that's causing our inner man again to grow. That's allowing, and that's being deliberate about feeding our inner man to become the, the, the strengthened part of where God Himself wants to ignite fresh revelation and fresh dreams within us. So if you're feeling overwhelmed today, there's a really good chance that it's because your inner world, for whatever reason, is a little bit malnourished. Number two, hopelessness. When you feel hopeless, Proverbs chapter 15 verse 13 says this, A glad heart makes a happy face, a broken heart crushes the spirit. You know, we live at a time when there's a lack of joy. There is such a search for joy. You know, you can look on the info commercials on TV. Everyone is selling joy. You want to have a happier life? Buy this lounge. You want to have a happier marriage? Go on this cruise. You want to look better? Buy this car. Everyone is trafficking in the subject of joy. But you and I know that you buy that car, you get that cruise, and sure, you have a little bit of happiness for a while, but it's not long-lasting joy. And this feeling of hopelessness is a sense of a loss of joy. And what you can often do in seasons like this, you start trying to find your joy in other things. You find yourself scrolling through eBay and Gumtree and what you can buy to fill the void that's inside of you. When you are feeling like that, it is a sure sign that your inner being is starving, that the real you is crying out to be fed. The real you is crying out for some nourishment. And if we don't feed it, then we'll try and find our joy in everything else. And this is where, unfortunately, for some people, you know, affairs happen and unhealthy relationships form because we're trying to fill this emptiness inside of us. We're trying to scratch this itch of despair inside of us and we scratch it in the wrong places. And I've seen too many people come undone, not because they're bad people, but simply because they've tried to fill this void in their life with, with circumstantial joy. But if you're feeling that way today, it's a sign that maybe my inner person is in need of something refreshing. Number three, the third indicator of a malnourished spirit is this, self-centeredness. You find yourself with no compassion. You become a victim mentality person. That you always feel like that, that the world has done this to me. And maybe right now in your family, there's a little bit of that going on. Maybe right now you feel in your workplace as we're in this season of not, not quite sure what the next weeks will bring, that this victim mentality comes upon you and, and you're becoming very self-centered, very just worried about us. I mean, have you seen more self-centeredness than the fights over toilet paper in the aisles of our supermarkets where people will push one another out of the way just so that they can have something that's not going to run out, that, that there's endless supply of, but because of this uncertainty, because of this self-centeredness that we find ourselves in there where we look after ourselves first. And this is an opportunity for the church 
I want to remind you, church is not what we go to on a Sunday, because if you only go to it, it means you can leave it at any time. The church is you and I. It's the people. And our capacity to care for one another is what needs to be seen right now. Romans chapter 15, verse 1 says this, We who are strong in the faith ought to help the weak to carry their burdens. We should not please ourselves. And so this is a time for us from a place of strength, instead of moaning and groaning, a place of strength to actually help other people. So if you right now are worried about yourself, you're totally consumed about your life and your world, it's an opportunity right now to feed your inner man because your inner man will cause you to think about others. The inner man is always about mission. The inner man is always about expanding. It's always about pushing forward. It's never about shrinking back. So if you're feeling that way, good chance that you are malnourished in your inner man. Number four is this. You want to change your world, then change this area of your life, the areas of uncertainty. Our inner man, when it becomes uncertain, you know what happens in your life? You lose confidence. You become double-minded. You begin making wrong decisions. We're indecisive and we're indifferent. When we are covered and shrouded in uncertainty, and I know that there are are some uncertain times right now. There's a difference between uncertainty in our circumstances being around us than having uncertainty living within us. You know, when, when Jesus and his disciples were, were crossing the, the, the lake and the storm blew up and suddenly, suddenly the disciples are, are frantic and Jesus is asleep in the boat and they're all panicking, we're going to die, they're all screaming. Jesus steps up and prophesies to the storm to, you know, peace be still. It's impossible to prophesy peace to the storm if peace isn't inside of you. And it's a challenge to all of us today that, yes, there is uncertainty around. No one knows what it's going to be like in a week, let alone a month from now. But when you're feeding your inner man, there is an inner confidence that comes. There is an inner confidence in your inner man when it's connected with God, when you're feeding it, when you're growing it, when you're nourishing it with, the, with what's going to help, when you're not just feeding it with Netflix binging and, and online streaming and Instagram and social media, when that's not your only source, but every day you're finding time to, to, to get a word, something fresh from God to keep our inner man strong. It may not remove the external uncertainty, but it'll place a confidence in your life that God is with you, that God is for you. Psalm 46 verse 1 to 3 says says this, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and when the mountains crumble into the sea. Number five, the fifth indicator is this, short-tempered. You become touchy, easily offended, overly sensitive, out of control, anger, and often rage. You know, this is a, this is a big one because we see it a lot. Small things just cause you to blow up. Little things happen and you, you just get, get irritated straight away by it. It's an indicator. Trust me, it is an indicator that your inner world needs some nourishment. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32 says this, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, 
And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. So if you find yourself today easily angered, you're just irritable, you know, everyone's walking on eggshells around you, it's, it's, it's a chance that your inner world shrunk somewhere. Number six, fearful, panicked, worried, and overly anxious. If you find today that your life is just represented with fear, racked with fear, Wherever you look, you're worried. You have anxiety. You wake up with knots in your stomach. You go to bed concerned about everything that could go wrong. And I'm not saying that there's not a wisdom in looking at the bottom line. I'm not saying that there's, 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 uh, we, we shouldn't be using wisdom in making sure that we're budgeting to, to prepare for whatever could be in front of us. But there's a difference between being a person who's using wisdom to be a person who's driven by fear and anxiety. You know, when, when anxiety is, has taken root, it's like an example I heard recently. The difference is, is that when you go out into the backyard, if there was a brown snake in your backyard, you know, a little bit of wisdom says, hey, there's a brown snake in my backyard. Best I call someone to come and cat, capture that brown snake. Anxiety says there was a brown snake in my backyard. I'm never going into the backyard ever again. And that's often what anxiety does that it just takes root in our life and we find ourselves retreating backwards. And I pray through this season of, of social distancing and somewhat isolation that we don't use it as an opportunity to shrink backwards and allow fear to become the filter we run everything through. And there's a good chance if you are feeling overwhelmed with anxiety right now, that you're in a man. It's time to whack on some worship music. It's time again to find something fresh in God. It's time to get on your U version or your online uh, um, a Bible and a reading plan and find that discipline of reading through Scripture each day. It's an opportunity to be connected with other people who can instill faith in you and keep you encouraged. In these seasons, we need one another. We don't want to be shrinking back and to our little places of fear. And number seven is this, exhausted. If you are feeling continually exhausted, tired, weary, stressed, drained, inability to resist temptation and inability to receive from God. You know, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 says this, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. If you're finding that right now, exhaustion is just everywhere you turn, there's a good indicator that your inner person is overwhelmed and malnourished. And if you and I would take time to address that, if we would actually honestly evaluate our life through those seven little indicators, I could promise you this. If you would divert some of the energies that you're spending right now on focusing on anxiety, you know, meditating on Scripture is exactly the same principle as worrying. If you can worry, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. It's the same principle, just doing it on the right, right and wrong things. So the way you worry is to focus on something that may not even happen and focus and focus upon it. The way you meditate on the things of God is to focus and focus on it because it will happen in your life. And so my encouragement today, as we wrap up this online experience for all of us, is to look at your life through the filter of those seven indicators. And if you find, and if you're honest in your self-assessment, and you go, you know what, some of these areas are me right now, can I encourage you 
to take some time to say, hey, God, what can I address in my life to start feeding my spirit, to start feeding the real me so that God, with His strength and with His power, can show up on, uh, in my inner being, my inner man. Because if you want to change your external world, change first starts in our internal world. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You together for every single one of us that are listening online today. Lord, as a community of followers of Jesus, I pray today, Lord, that You would strengthen us with Your power through our inner being. Lord, today that we would be stirred, that we would be prompted, that we would be reminded again that real change happens on the inside first. So I pray that we would be inspired again to search Your Word, to listen to those podcasts, to to, uh, wait upon You with that worship music, to rediscover the art of building our inner man, maybe journaling, maybe meditating, but we'll find time every day to be intentional, to be deliberate, about building the inner person. And Father, today I pray for any person who may not know You that's listening online. I pray, Father, right now that those that don't have a relationship with Jesus today, that You would simply say in Your heart, Jesus, help me. I need You today. I want to know You and I want to follow You. Because right where You are, God, like He did with Nicodemus, as I shared at the beginning of this, this, this message, God wants you to come alive, be born again on the inside. And He can do that right now, simply by you asking Him. So Father, today I thank you for each and every person in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.